Hello again and thank you for joining and supporting me throughout COVID Vaccine Victim Awareness Month. All of these episodes are now available on Spotify, a platform which won't put the normies off. So please do share these stories around to people who don't know the truth, not just those that do. It's not because I'm an egomaniac who wants to build my profile. You don't do that by picking the most censored topic in all of history. But if you are watching on Odyssey, you might have noticed that my videos are still being downvoted by a pathetic group of neo-Nazis who are annoyed that I insulted their leader. So give the video a like if you could. Still awaiting authorization on the new subscribe star, so sit tight on that one, whilst for now full focus on letting the victims of the COVID-19 jabs tell their stories. And today I'm speaking with Steve Bowie, who suffered a spinal stroke and continues to struggle with neurological issues. All gearing up for London this Saturday, Oxford Circus, Portland Place, BBC Studios. It's gonna be a biggie. Always censored, never silent, this is Unwashed. Right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to be here today with Steve Bowie, who's going to tell us all about what's happened to him as part of COVID Vaccine Victim Awareness Month. So how are you doing today, Steve? Yeah, I'm okay. A bit sore. I've been um, struggling with chronic pain the last um, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's near that great. So I've got a meeting with the doctor on Monday just to see what we can do next. Mm-hmm. And and have you got a doctor that's relatively helpful and easy to work with? She's she's a really good doctor and she she listens. But the vaccine injury thing, I've not really brought it up with her to be honest. Um, I don't want to put her in that position, right? Because we've got a really good relationship, and she she kind of knows what's happened since the stroke and stuff, all the all the things I'm going through. So I, I don't really want to rock a boat with her, to be honest. That's actually quite interesting because based on my conversation with John, it was like they're they're kind of desperate to not link it to the vaccine. So you might even be in a better position just looking at the symptoms and treating the symptoms because yeah. there is there is this strange block going on on giving people that diagnosis, which then prevents them from getting treatment. So it's a crazy yeah. position. You're in. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're getting there. There, is, there was a little snippet on BBC um, News yesterday. Um, Dr. Mahotra managed to get in linking the vaccine and the, the vaccine injured. So, I mean, he didn't get shut down, which I thought was, was pretty good. And it's a step in the right direction. So. I think I think we're getting there slowly. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a sea change since the beginning of the year. You're right that we're seeing it in the House of Commons. We've just seen it on the BBC. Yeah. So, so hopefully that means that this is now just gonna gonna keep building. 
Um, so let, let's go through your story because uh, I need to find out the time scale on this and how long you've been waiting. So uh, when when did it happen and what happened? Right. Um, I had been working all through the, the pandemic. Um, some of the guys at work had been furloughed because of the, the health issues and stuff like that. So it, it was a pretty mad year and a half and short staffed and really busy at work. Um, I used to work at a company that supplied containers to go offshore. So the oil business was, it was picking up a bit um, and it hadn't dropped too much during the pandemic. Um, so I'd worked all the way through and then we'd found out that some of the guys were going to come back to work. So I'd spoke to my boss and says, look, I need a wee, I need a wee break before the guys come back. So I took a week's holiday before this happened. So um, the day I was going back to work, we were starting early. So it must have been about 10 past six in the morning. I was driving to work um, and I got like halfway there. Pains across my chest, across my back. My, my arms were numb. I started getting um, pins and needles in my hands. So the young lad in the car with me and I says, look, I've, I'm going to have to drop you off here. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go to hospital because something's not right. And honestly, it was probably the best decision I've ever made because um, I drove to hospital just on pure adrenaline. I, honestly, I, I can't even remember the journey to the hospital. I got into the hospital. Um, I like reverse parking my car, so it, it sounds like a, a stupid bit of a comment, but I kind of reverse parked it perfectly. Um, but I had to use two hands to get it into reverse because I was starting to get a bit of weakness in my arm, my left arm. So I parked the car and stuff. And at this time, there used to be a like a security guard at the door. You kind of had to speak to him first before you got through to the reception. But I just like walked past him. I says, it's urgent. I need to go in straight away. So I just I went to the reception, gave me details and asked what was happening. And I says, I, I honestly don't know. I'm just, I'm in agony. I need to see someone quickly. Okay, just have a seat. We'll see what we can do. So, I mean, it felt like it felt like it was about half an hour, but it must have been less than five minutes. The one of the nurses um, from the A and E department shouted my name, and I've, I've tried to push myself off the chair, and I, I don't know if it was my arms that were weak or my legs. I just I couldn't get up. So. I, kind of shot it down and I said, look, I don't know what's happening. I can't go off the chair. So in the next day, I was doctors and nurses racing up. Um, they put me in a wheelchair. I honestly don't know how. I can't remember how they got me in a wheelchair, but they did. Um, wheeled me down to accident emergency. Um, I think there was, there was five or six of them, because I'm, I'm quite a big guy. Um, five or six of them lifted me onto the bed. And the doctor did the usual things. He was lifting my arms. I remember this. He was lifting my arms. My arms were just falling onto the bed. He was lifting my legs. I could see my leg. And it was just, there was no power. It was just falling onto the bed. So um, the doctor was a bit bamboozled. He was like, I honestly don't know what's happening here. 
um, some of the signs is like a stroke, but because you're both sides of your body are not responding, I, I don't know what's happening. I'm going to have to go and consult with our doctors and stuff like that. So um, they'd asked me if they wanted me to get in touch with uh, my partner. And I'd says, she's at her work. I said, don't worry her just now. Let's just see what's happening first. And then we can phone her and let her know. Um, I didn't know how serious it was at the time. So um, a doctor came back like a couple of hours later and he was like, I think it might be a spinal stroke. Um, and that I had, I knew a wee bit about strokes because my mum had had one um, about 18, 18 years previous to, to my one. And um, I says, I've never heard of a spinal stroke. So the guy says, look, we're going to have to do tests on you. We're going to have to put you for a CT scan, an MRI. We're going to have to do blood tests. So once all that was done, it was a bit of a blur, to be honest. Um, my partner's actually told me what um, happened after that because I don't know, I was just kind of, um, I think it was a shock. It just kind of my brain was kind of numb and I was just like, I couldn't take in what was happening. But, um, she told me that the scan had found um, a blood clot in my lung, in my left lung, and a blood clot in my neck um, between, I think it was C4 and C7 vertebrae. So that was what was clogging me in the neurological side of things. Yeah. Um, from there, um, God, I can't even remember. Can I just check how many days after the shot? Oh yeah, okay. Um, I had my had my AstraZeneca vaccine on the seventh of April, mm -hmm. and I drove to, I drove myself to hospital on the third of May. Okay. So it was it was just yeah. under a month. Yeah. yeah. But um, so, I mean, I was put up to the ward and stuff. Um, there's a neurology ward up, up in Forrester Hall Hospital in Aberdeen. Um, they put me up there. And I think a couple of days later, I was put into ICU because my, my blood pressure and my heart rate had dropped um, significantly. And I was a real danger. Uh, um, not coming through it. So I spent two days in ICU and my partner came in and seen me and she she was absolutely shocked by the because ICU is very quiet. There's no noise. You've got a nurse sitting at the end of your bed. If you make a movement, she's up checking on you. So my partner came in and she was absolutely shocked with me just lying in this bed, not being able to move. There's a sandwich sitting next to me on my, like, my table thing, and I'd asked her to feed me, and she's like, no, feed yourself. Stop being so lazy. And I said, I'd love to, but I can't move my arms. So she was, so I actually got fed. I think it was two weeks I got fed. I had to get fed by nurses and my partner, and yeah, it was, it was pretty scary, to be honest. Um, so I spent a couple of weeks 
up in the neurology ward. And the doctor from A&E came up to see me. And he shut the curtains and I thought, oh, what's happening here? I'd like to ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Have you had your vaccine? And I was like, yeah. Can I ask why you're asking? We've just had someone else in with a spinal stroke. Same hospital. And they had had it, I think it was three weeks previously. So the doctor says, for two of you to come into the same hospital with a spinal stroke is, the odds are ridiculous, millions to one. So I was, I was kind of shocked. And, um, my partner came in and I was like, the doctor's just said it might be part of this vaccine. And she was like, oh my God. So we started doing a lot of research. Um, but by this time, I'd been moved up to the neurology unit at Wood End Hospital in Aberdeen. They're like helping me walk and use my hands again and just just basically learning to feed myself, dress myself, go to the toilet myself. Yeah, so I was in hospital a total of three months. From that day, I drove myself to hospital. It was three months. Yeah, pretty scary. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a story that you know you got yourself there, and also that the doctor was the one that that joined the dots because um, uh, I think it was Vicky Spit. In that case, it was confirmed that it was AstraZeneca that killed her husband, like straight out the gate, and and it has happened a few times. But yeah. what happens? I'm really interested in is that people seem to be stuck with either a doctor who puts two and two together and is really, really trying to help or the complete opposite, this stonewalling. Um, and like, have you had any experience with, you know, with having trouble with getting help because of- Yeah, um, when I was in the, the rehab unit, when I was learning to walk and stuff, um, <laughs> they'd arranged for me to get my second vaccine when I was in the rehab unit. And it was a junior doctor that came in and um, she's like, oh, we've booked your appointment. I said, oh, what's that for? Your second vaccine. And I was like, are you being serious? Yeah, what's the issue? I says, I'm in here because of a vaccine. And the, the junior doctor was, she, she kind of got in a bit of a panic and then the my main neurologist came through and she says, it's not been proven, it's not been proven. And I was just like, well, the doctor A and E, the two of us at the same time, come on, what's the odds? It's like, it's pretty high odds, but it's it's not been confirmed it was a vaccine. I said, well, listen, the doctor told me it was a vaccine. So that's what I'm going with. So I'm not taking a second vaccine. Yeah, you know, this at this point, when, you know, I'm, I'm now talking to a lot of you guys and starting to get a sense of the scale here, um, and then I watch what goes on in House Commons when, you know, the opposition responds to this. Um, and there was this Guardian article that's been pumped out this morning that was discrediting Asim Malhotra and what he said. And, <laughs> of course. And, and what it says, in fact, I, 
I'll try and find it because the headline is basically um, the BBC shouldn't have given a platform to this fringe doctor, experts say. And I'm just like, that guy's an expert. And that's why he was on the platform is because he's got the credentials. I don't have the credentials, so I'm not an expert, but he is. So why does he now not count as an expert? Because he said the wrong thing. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 you know the truth's coming out this year. I think this year is going to be the year it comes out. Yeah, it, it has to be because there's, there's too many things happening, especially in America. America, are, America, I've got it right. There's a lot of law, law cases over there that's happening, mm. and um, the, the truth's coming. Honestly, the truth is coming. Yeah, and, and how does that make you feel as one of the people that's um, being ignored by this? Because like it really angered me hearing Matt Hancock and Rishi Sunak just waft it all away and say, oh, yeah, he's an anti-Semite, which just makes no sense. Um, like That gets me really angry, but I haven't had my life destroyed by this. So I just want to hear from someone. Yeah, well, basically, um, I've lost everything, to be honest, since I... Since this injury, um, my work was really good with me. They kept the job open for a year, um, and it turned down April last year. I knew I, I wouldn't get back to work. I just, with the injuries I've got, I just couldn't get back to work. So I lost my job. Um, I lost my driving license because I, I had to give it up because of the stroke. So I lost my pride and joy, I had to sell my car. Yeah, um, even even going to football is a hassle now. My friends got to drive, and we've got to park as close to the stadium as we can because I can't walk as far as I used to. Hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah, my life's totally turned upside down now. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting in your case. Um, like I'm not a medical expert, I've got no background in it. Um, and yet over the last few weeks or months, I've had to learn all of this terminology and stuff. But in, in your case, it's quite, it, it sounds like it's quite simple, which is basically, you got one of these blood clots right at the top of the brainstem, which connects to absolutely everything. That's how everything. You, yeah. 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 Um, but so did that do it sounds like you are making progress and you're sort of in a in a program of physio so what's the what's no, the, no, all the physio stopped all okay. the physio stopped don't get anything what because you're not entitled to it you mean um i can pay for it but money's tight obviously um i, I was doing a series of um classes down at the robert gordon university in aberdeen yeah. It was tiny physios that was coming through and like we would volunteer to to help them get the, the practice they need. But that's all stopped before Christmas. They, they don't know if it's going to start up again. So that was my only um exercise I could get. Yeah. Yeah. So it's absolute insanity. I just want I, I want to keep doing this and getting loud about it because I want the British public to be really angry about because we know how much money is being sent to Ukraine and being told that we have to help Ukraine and oh feel sorry for the poor Ukrainians and it's like there's so many people that need 
government money right now we need the taxpayer money to help them because their government injured them it's just as simple as that you guys should be front of the queue for the tax money that we pay i just think you're the top priority and it's insane the thing is pay for this they have to admit that it's happening first that's that's the first hurdle we'll have to get over yeah and it's Britain seems to be like the last country that's admitting that we're injured. And that's, we're all countries like just ignoring us. It's, it's, um, it's horrifying. You know, you've paid tax all these years and now we need help and we're not getting any. Yeah, it, it's awful, particularly like the BBC as well. Again, taxpayer funded. Um, and they're supposed to be the journalists. I've got no background in journalism. I'm doing this out of necessity because someone's bloody got to do it. Um, and 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 this is where I get so angry about it is when these are we pay these people's wages, we pay the MPs' wages, we pay the um, the NHS staff who were we're outsourcing these decisions to. You know, we're not supposed to be experts in medicine. <laughs> That these guys the experts say that it's safe and effective and it's not and and yeah one of the things that makes me the most angry about it is that we pay for all of this like that's not a, i my day job and presumably your day job was um was private sector it wasn't paid for by the public um no. that's the most insane bit to me yeah absolutely so yeah. um can, can you take me through, like, how, how long was it before you got in contact with other people who are in the same boat and, and found other people? Oh, yeah, it's it's not been long, actually. It's it's maybe four or five months, maybe, since I've started. Well, for a start, when I come out of the hospital, because the spinal strokes were there, it's like 1.25% of all strokes. So I was trying to find other people with spinal strokes for a start. And um, that was very hard to do. I've, I found one guy, one guy in England, and I've been speaking to um, a lady, her daughter had a spinal stroke as well. She was like nine years old. Yeah, so I've been messaging her mum back and forth. So, I mean, that's the only contact I've got, there's three of us. So, and then the next thing, I thought, right, I'll try vaccine injuries. So, scoured Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I, I managed to find them. Um, it was a UK CV family, and there was VIB UK. And eventually, the group I'm with, the majority of the time, is the, the Scottish vaccine injured group. Because we are part of a group that's. Um, applied to be in the Scottish inquiry to the vaccines. So we've actually, we've made it onto the next phase, which I mean, I think it's the politicians and stuff will have to listen to our stories. What, so as a group in Scotland, you're further ahead than we are in England? Um, yeah, but I think we've been told to join the group in England mm. because the more people there is, obviously, the the more you'll get recognised. Oh, obviously, but if there is an in, then 
you know you should take it if it's if there's an easier route for the people in Scotland to get into mm. get this in front of the people in Holyrood or in Wales if they could do that in the Senate then you know I'm all for that um so that's really interesting it, it, I mean most of the people I've spoken to so far have been from the Scottish group it's probably because the um the uh tour that's going on started in Edinburgh so they're the first yeah. people we've introduced to but um is it becoming quite a good tight-knit supportive network yeah well I mean the the people I know properly is Ruth and John and Alex. That's like the three that I've spoken to the most out of the group. I mean, we do have the, the odd meetings with the group and some of the other people come in and chat, but um, Ruth, John and Alex is the main guys that I, they're my go-to guys, you know. Mine too. <laughs> they're the three that I interviewed as well. Yeah, they, um, they're a lot more clued up than myself, so... If I've got questions to ask, I'll start. Yeah, but it, no, John said it himself. He said it's the injured leading the injured, which is just, it's absolutely insane. And um, and it's why you guys do need to be so careful about, about the doctors that are being helpful. Like John was really, really cautious. He He doesn't want to give any details for the guy that's really helpful because if he gets investigated, you guys lose a good a good doctor it's just there's so many facets to this this game i can't believe we're in this um this horror movie yeah yeah yes yeah. I, don't, I don't know i just i feel that this year some some things won't happen and I, yeah, i'm hoping something's gonna happen this year yeah especially in britain because the Americans have they've started already with lawsuits and stuff. So we need we need the the politicians here to start listening. Do you think that's it? That maybe when there's one lawsuit that starts coming through, then it all starts. Yeah. Because I mean we've got one MP and and it, I am very hopeful about it because it exposed so much about the media machine. You know, straight away they said, ah, he touched someone's bum 10 years ago and ah he's he's said this and it's like that is not debunking any of his claims that's not that's not discrediting the message you can do whatever you like to that oh he's a bad person and and I find it I also find it interesting that it's like Labour and Tory they both gang up on the one MP that that is saying something there's no there's no Conservative Party loyal loyalty here. It's oh, just... no. Each man for themselves. That's what that government is. Each man for themselves. And you've seen it already. They threw Boris under a bus and, oh, it's Hancock. I mean, he's he's a worst of the worst time. Um, he got caught in that video. How do you know there was a camera there? He got set up. Come on. It's it's all very strange. I th I find the Hancock thing one of the most distasteful bits about it. There's this weird yeah. thing going on to make him like a celebrity and relatable, and like, and I just don't find it funny at all. It's no, no, no. I used to watch the Jungle program religiously, but seeing him on it this year just it was disgusting. Yeah. Going on there for money and to to get people to. See the real him. Hmm. 
and then you come straight back to the Commons and you, you see the real him throwing people under a bus. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I thought he wasn't supposed to be back in the Commons, but I, I don't even know how it works anymore. I don't... I. Um, like that's the thing about the political system is that the moment someone says something, all the knives are out and gunning for him, and he's basically out. He's he's deselected. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess he holds on to his seat until there's some kind of like he might be an independent, and I think that's a great thing if that yeah. ends up Um, but I, I we I think we've just got to like almost eclipse the system you just need everyone saying no it's a bag of shit don't listen to it there because they're going to yeah. keep on lying um if there were a point to turn around i think because it does look like they're just going to keep doubling down it's unbelievable to me that these these are the the british public being they're acting like you don't exist yeah exactly yeah um so when did it start to dawn on you the scale of how many people this is affecting um, it was really once I started getting into groups like chatting to other people and stuff like that, and you would find um, a group from America started. So you would start speaking to Americans as well, and it just it's grew arms and legs. It's just it's it's amazing how many people are vaccinated. Not just not just in Britain, but Australia. Um, they're quite um, vocal as well. In America, oh my God, there's thousands and thousands of people in America boxing and job. Yeah. yeah, but they are they're ahead of us with the with the lawsuits and stuff. So, yeah. hopefully, once they get proper news time, then it'll come over here. I think so. I think when the countries are moving at different rates, that's really kind of revealing. Like there was yeah. um, these periods where uh, other countries in Europe were going really hard on the vax mandates and like you weren't allowed in a supermarket unless you were vaccinated yeah. and this kind of stuff. Um, and that, you know, that gave us an insight into like, well, that's what they want to do and what they would have done had they been able to get that far. And that's why it's so important to, to prevent that from happening. Do you find, like, how is it with people that you knew before? I mean, how how accepting are people that this was caused by the vaccine? Or do you get the cold shoulder from people that don't want to accept it? No, no. Um, I'm quite good. My friends are actual friends, so... I tell them a story and they say, yeah, okay, it sounds like it. Yeah. So, and then um, not long ago, I asked for my, my yellow card, asked for a copy of the yellow card that the doctor had put in and I've received that and it clearly states vaccine injury. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, th I believe that has to hit a critical mass at some point. If, so many people have been injured by this. All of those people are going to have a social circle of friends and family, and that's going to wake those people up to it. And at a certain point, you're talking about, like, the majority of the country. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm quite vocal. A lot of people say, um, watch what you're saying, because the government is obviously watching you and stuff. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm vocal, yeah. 
I'm injured and they need to hear my voice. So yeah, I'm not going to be quiet. Well, this is it. You you've not done anything wrong, and you no. you're the victim of crime. You're the victim. I've rolled of- up my sleeve like they asked me to do, and now they're just ignoring us. So no, I'm not going to be quiet. Yeah, exactly. They didn't give you the proper information. That constitutes a crime. Um, and I mean, do you sometimes, with all the censorship and stuff, I, I have to wrestle with this because I've been doing this since before COVID was even a thing and you get all sorts of abuse and slurs and stuff. And sometimes I have to remind myself, oh no, I am, I'm trying to do good here. I'm not, I'm not a criminal. I'm not like you know, a naughty boy in any way who's just obsessed with, like, ranting about the government. It No, yeah. I'm, just try, I'm trying to do the right thing. But exactly. do you know what I mean about that feeling that Absolutely. You're, you're a bad person for pushing at this? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking through one of the, the groups I'm on and there was a girl posted that she'd been getting um, she didn't say bullied, but I know she meant bullied on Twitter from some guy calling her an anti-vaxxer and stuff like this. So naturally I joined the conversation. And um, we've been having a bit of tip for tat for the last day. So it's um, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't get phased by people, no. No, no, it's very strange. I mean, I don't find any of the... You find these abusive characters on social media. I don't think you find them in real life. They don't seem to to really exist. No, they, they stay with their mum and live in their mum's basement and stuff like that. So, no, nah, you won't argue with me, I'll argue back. It doesn't bother me. I've got nothing else to do, so mm. I'm here all day, every day. Yeah, here all day getting loud. Um, exactly. No, I'm I'm glad to hear your optimistic attitude about about the sea change because I was I was chatting to someone um, a friend of mine last night who who is very wary of feeling positive. He's like, oh, you don't know what they've got planned next. But I I simply don't see it that way because there's so many of these conversations going on at the moment. Were you at the rally in Edinburgh or couldn't go? Um, there was a train strike. So obviously I couldn't get from Aberdeen to Edinburgh. Um, I'm back driving again, but I've got to drive an automatic and I've got to have like a like a steering ball to support my hands because my hands are like curved. So um, I was going to borrow my girlfriend's car, but um, she was working. So I couldn't get down, which I was gutted, absolutely gutted. Yeah, this is something I want people to recognise about it, that the people who are vaccine injured, who've made it down to speak, I mean, Ruth said it in her speech that it was going to knock her out for a week, um, probably, yeah. recovering for it. And, and so this is really worth thinking about, that it's a tremendous amount of effort to even do these events. Um, I just think they're so, so important. And I have loved seeing the footage of it, because it clearly, it means the world to people. Um, absolutely so yeah yeah I, ho- I hope that more happens up your way I mean it does sound really positive the energy that comes from sort of John Alex Ruth um it's yeah has it been a great help from absolutely absolutely I mean they're, they're three different characters you know you've got John um John's pretty loud 
Yeah, which which I think is amazing. Um, and you speak to Alex, and Alex is totally the opposite. Um, and Ruth, she's just she's just an amazing person. She's just oh, I, I can't describe her. She's just lovely. She's um, she's really down to earth and yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah. The, the three of them are, but yeah, I, I really like them being in this group because it's they look after you basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry if I'm going to get kind of depressing again, but one of the one of the issues I tried to talk to everyone about is compensation because the first guests okay. were like um, were Vicky, who got awarded the um, the payout, as did Alex because he'd lost his leg. But um, but I presume you know you're not going to be able to pursue this at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. You are, you are good. Yeah. yeah. So what I did was when I was in hospital. Um, and I'd mentioned the vaccine damage to my brother. My, my brother got on a computer and he started searching it and he found the, the, the VDPS. Um, so he printed out a form and everything and says, so we filled it in when I was still in the hospital. Um, and it, it, it was going pretty slow. So I got in touch with Kirsty Blackman. She's my local MP. And Kirsty's been fighting my corner pretty good, actually. Um, she's managed to chase everything up. So she emailed me last week, or sorry, this week, to say yeah, all your paperwork's been handed in from a hospital and your doctor to the assessors. The assessors have assessed your claim and they've put it back to VDPS. So... They sent a letter out on Thursday, apparently, so I should hear next week if I'm getting it or not. That's interesting, because Alex also said his MSP was was actually really, really helpful. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of trying to square this circle of... So there are MPs out there that are actually doing the right thing, because this is the report I'm getting from the vaccine injured. They're saying, I can't fault my MP. They're, they're doing everything they can. But I get, yeah, I guess there's this incredible danger in doing it publicly, and that might be going on more than we realise. Yeah, so basically, I haven't spoke to um, Kirsty about my vaccine injury. I haven't spoke to her like, do you believe me? That's never been in conversation. Um, she posted something on Twitter, or she answered a question, and I answered, say, the vaccine injured by getting left to die. And she private messaged me and says, is there anything I can do to help you? So so we ended up having a, a Zoom chat and I'd mentioned the VDPS and she says, I'll put a letter in, seeing if we can speed things up a little bit. Because I, I was going through quite a hard time, you know, I was running out of money and stuff like that. So she says, let's try and get it a bit quicker. Yeah. But it's been, it's been, um, 19 months all in, I think I've been waiting, so. I mean, this is a big campaign of um, VIB UK anyway, or a big goal of theirs is to get the whole thing completely reformed because it's almost like when we started sort of talking about this story and reporting it, it was almost as if there was this weird black and white thing where it's like, ah, you've been awarded the money and these people haven't been awarded the money yet. But really the issue is that it it takes such a long time 
to be awarded that money and that and the sum that they give you isn't really based on anything it's kind of a number plucked out of thin air it's not really a proper scheme for helping you guys no no and that's why um we're campaigning to get the indemnity removed from the pharmaceutical companies mm. Well, it yeah. needs to be because it's just, it's utterly insane. Yeah, that, that is obviously the other detail is, again, that 120K, that's paid for by us. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, but, ridiculous. but there's so many people that know this as well. There's so many people that know how much Pfizer have been sued for and, and all this stuff. Um, it's what keeps me hopeful is at some point it's a critical mass. At some point, it's the majority. At yeah. some point, more people understand it than don't, just just by necessity of the amount of people who've had their lives destroyed by it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 going to be amazing if the government re- reverse this indemnity. Um, it, it's going to be good if they do. Well, we need next to these pharma companies, yeah. We need an explanation for why they were granted indemnity in the first place, because I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the supposed justification is. Well, basically, this whatever this is, the vaccine, or we call it a job because it's not a vaccine, um, it was kind of rustled up in less than a year. So my thinking is that the pharma companies have said to the government, we're not 100% sure of this. There might be some people injured. So the government then says, well, we'll take the hit. That's my thinking. We'll take the hit for the few claims that's going to come in. So you just keep pumping out your vaccine or whatever it is. Because they wouldn't have been able to have a rollout without it. Yeah. And they had to be seen to do something. It's very confusing trying to... I I don't even know if it's that important trying to figure out exactly what happened. Because I think yeah. we almost get lost in the weeds. All that matters to me is like talking to more people like you and yeah. so, that we, so that we can get a nice log of what is actually happening. And, um, and you know, one of the most shocking things for me is I haven't had a repeat story about, um, about people's injuries. Uh, Vicky and Charlotte's husbands both died in very similar circumstances. But other than that, everybody has been completely different in how these symptoms are presented. Yeah. I know, it's strange. But I I honestly believe that there's going to be more people injured in the the future. Yeah. 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 What the girl from America told us that... Pfizer were planning on making you take a booster every three months in America. So more money, more money, more money, more people injured, Hmm. basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm slightly concerned that if you actually look at the booster uptake in the UK, it shrunk down to pretty much nothing, I think. Um, And that's when we start to see stuff on the BBC and, and stuff. Not to say that the BBC is actually letting out the truth, because I don't I don't think they are. They, they seem to be running damage control against oh. Malhotra and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's lots of people on Twitter now saying, oh, I can't believe the BBC's let him say that on TV. 
they know what kind of guy he is. Anti-vaxxer, oh, it's, it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. You, you, I mean, I try and speak to these people gently, you know, instead of swearing and shouting at them, but I'm not interested. They've got their views. Mm. I, I don't know what it's going to take to make them change their views. Maybe them getting injured, which I would hate to happen. But it's the only way some of these people are going to learn, you know. It's, this is real. We're yeah. not faking. Well, I have almost no contact with people that think like that anymore. And I think I'm mentally a lot healthier for it because you do find that when, when you're in these kind of circles, it's just people helping each other all day, every day, and constantly yeah. doing whatever they can to get some kind of solution here. Um, so it does lift you up, you know, even, even me, I'm in a better place than I was, what, two years ago when we were all yeah. locked down and isolated and no one could talk to anyone. Um, yeah. You know, like, I like being in this fight. It's horrible learning about what's, what's happened, but, um, but I hope I can G more people up to, you know, get, get involved because you're doing something good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, like see yourself getting the word out there is, is helping us as well, you know? So keep doing it. Keep doing it. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk today, Steve. Um, and, and I wish you all the best in your exploits and, and you know, update me whenever whenever you have yeah. some kind of breakthrough, send more people my way um, and just good luck with everything. And thank you very much for, for telling us your story. Thank you for listening.